Coming up on this week's show, Jay from Joyfully Jay has the details on this year's Reading Challenge Month. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 204 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Will from WillKanaus.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello, everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable community on Patreon. We will have more information on how you can join them at the end of the show, along with a sneak peek of what we have coming up for you next week. Well, it is... I was I had I had to think really hard. It is Labor Day weekend. Yes, it is. I have my entire life I have gotten Labor Day and Memorial Day mixed up. I, for I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's because they bookend the summer. I I don't know. It is Labor Day weekend and we hope everyone has had an enjoyable uh time off. Yeah, and if you're in the states, you're hopefully still having Monday off and Perhaps enjoying a good book this last uh, beach weekend of 2019. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a busy week, but we don't have a lot to cover here. I, I do have to say that my tech geeky self was kind of in heaven this week. It was, I think, a foregone conclusion when we went to podcast movement that there would be some new equipment purchased. And indeed, that is true. And actually, part of this is also Sarah Wendell's fault. Let's just call it where it is. She showed me what she used for live recordings, which she's like at conferences and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, pretty. And uh, we took a big plunge and bought some new equipment that uh, I've been playing with all week, doing various tests. I've been making Will talk into various microphones in different rooms in the house to see how things sound. And It was so much fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it a whole bunch. Let's just be serious. Uh, I think it's going to let us do some good recordings at GRL, better than we've done in the past. It's going to allow the show to also start to sound better. We've uh, piloted out the new equipment on yesterday's Big Gay Author podcast, and it sounded so good. I was very pleased. So, yeah, my, my techie heart was so happy. And just a quick reminder, we do have a brand new show, the Big Gay Author Podcast. If you are a writer or writing inclined, please check us out. We've got new episodes. They drop every Saturday. And we did just celebrate the one month anniversary of that show. So if you want to see what we've been doing over there, check it out at BigGayAuthorPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Jay from the LGBTQ romance review blog, Joyfully Jay. At Joyfully Jay, we review tons of LGBTQ romance, as well as romantic fiction and nonfiction. We review ebooks, audiobooks, and even the occasional movie. We typically review about 18 books a week, so Joyfully Jay is a great place to hear about new releases, catch up on books you may have missed, and find some new favorites. In addition to our reviews, each weekday we host an author as our first post of the day. This gives readers a chance to learn more about new releases, get exclusive excerpts, find out about the author, and participate in great giveaways. Each author post on Joyfully J is exclusive, so you get access to book and author information you can't find other places. At Joyfully J, we love LGBTQ romance and are excited to share it with you. Stop by the blog at joyfullyj.com. 
You can also visit us on our Facebook group, The Joyful Jays. We'd love to have you join us. This past week, we got super good news from friend of the podcast, Jason T. Gaffney and Suzanne Brockman. Uh, Analysis Paralysis, the romantic comedy that they worked on. It was crazy. It was two years ago we started mentioning this on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked to them about it. They were on a special bonus episode. Uh, Jason and his co-star, Kevin Held, when it was playing in Palm Springs earlier this year. But this week, they announced that it is finally available for rent and purchase on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. And we decided it's a good time to finally review this film. Uh, we actually re-watched it last night for the first time in a few months because we had our Kickstarter copy. And uh, it is such a delightful film. I really enjoyed this romantic comedy, and it centers on uh, the main character, played by Jason Gaffney. Uh, He's a guy named Tyler, and he suffers from the title affliction, meaning um, he has the penchant for uh, overanalyzing and imagining different scenarios. no matter what the situation, no matter how mundane or everyday it might be, he can't stop imagining the worst possible scenario. Um, <laughs> and that includes meeting and talking to the cute guy living down the street, uh, Shane. And he has to work up the courage in order to just say hi to this guy. Uh, his his therapists suggest he step outside of his comfort zone. Uh, when I mean, that essentially means everything. But in this particular case, um, it means he's going to talk to the cute guy who jogs past his door every morning. Uh, and he manages to do it somehow. Uh, and thus begins their weird, wonderful, and hilarious relationship. Uh, the movie covers their meet cute and the sort of beginning stages of their love affair and all the weird ridiculous and outrageous things that tyler imagines oh my lord (laughs) it'd be one thing if you were you know figuring out all the good stuff that could happen but poor tyler his brain just goes (laughs) off on some horrible tangents Including getting shot by arrows in his front yard. (laughs) But I tell you, Jason and Kevin, their chemistry is so good together. If you you watched the bonus episode at all, and we'll link to that in the show notes, you see how those two work off of each other. And you put them in this scenario where they just have to keep kind of redoing the same scene with different tweaks and different aspects of hilarity. It's just a delight. And you just laugh so much time away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Um, Tyler eventually um, stands up for himself uh, and his relationship with Shane when Shane's parents uh, unexpectedly come to stay at their home. Uh, it does not go well, uh, <laughs> but it, it proves that no matter the mental obstacles uh, that face Shane and Tyler, um, that they are good together and it is meant to be. It's really enjoyable romantic comedy, and we both recommend that you check out Analysis Paralysis. It's also worth mentioning, um, if you find Jason and Kevin uh, just too damn funny and you want some more, be sure and check out their podcast, The Bright Side. Yes, as well as their audiobook uh, for Out of Body, which is written by Suzanne Brockman and is the title of their next movie, which they are actually in post-production on right now. Yeah, good stuff. So check that out. Let's get to books. Yes, books, 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 books. (laughs) 
You you revisited one of your favorite authors this week. I did. This week I read Family Camp by Eli Easton. It's about a nice guy school teacher named Gio. Uh, and he is a brand new foster dad to five-year-old Lucy and surly preteen Jaden. And a week at family camp should be the perfect bonding experience for all of them. But things get kind of off to a, a rocky start when Gio's car runs out of gas on the drive up to Big Bear. And a breathtakingly handsome good Samaritan helps them out, and they're soon back on the road. So crisis, you know, averted. Um, pro baseball player Travis loves returning each summer to the camp that his family runs. It's home to him, and helping an attractive but clueless dad and his kids on his drive up uh, wasn't any big trouble, but an offhand comment gives Travis the impression that Gio has no interest in providing a forever home to his foster kids. Now, Travis himself was adopted, so he thinks, well, maybe Gio isn't so cute after all. And when Gio shows up at Camp Evermore, Travis tries to avoid him, but that proves kind of difficult since Travis' job is to make sure that the campers, all of them, have the best possible time. And But after sharing a series of outdoor activities like canoeing and hiking and sing-alongs, Travis is drawn to Geo, Lucy, and Jaden. He thinks they might be a new family, but Travis can see that they've got something special. And after spending more time together, Travis and Geo iron out their misunderstanding. Geo is in fact doing everything in his power to adopt Lucy and Jaden. And the kids start to come out of their shells the more time that they spend at camp. They're making friends and they're bonding with Gio. And even after some dramatic moments, because um, frankly, what's family life without a series of like unexpected disasters? Sure. Um, even that can't deter this newly formed family. Um, some of the camp moms point out that the flirtatious attraction between Gio and Travis hasn't been particularly subtle. Um, <laughs> their quiet moments shared after lights out and stolen kisses in the woods just aren't enough. And at the parents-only party on the last night of camp, Travis and Gio uh, go back to his room at the main house and they spend an amazing night together. And they want to make things work despite all the obstacles that are kind of working against them. Mm-hmm. But in the morning, Travis receives word that a tabloid site has published a picture of him kissing Geo, and he has to immediately leave for L.A. And on that final morning, Geo is understandably disappointed and a little brokenhearted that Travis didn't even say goodbye. And he also must consult the kids, because if there was anyone who loved Travis more than Geo, it would be Lucy and Jade. Travis is given the choice of denying the picture or telling the truth, and he does what no other pro baseball player has ever done. He decides to come out of the closet. Once the details of his career are settled, Travis has Gio, Lucy, and Jaden come to one of his games, and after Gio finally wraps his head around being the boyfriend of some really famous athlete, (laughs) um, they find they're happily ever after as a family. I am so glad that I read Family Camp. I think it was the perfect book to close out the summer. Um, I love Gio and I love Travis so very much. They're a pair of really amazing characters who over the course of the story, they're able to like open their hearts and learn to trust and create a family that was perfect just for them. Um, gosh, feel feel good fuzzies. You just um, gave me fuzzies and I just only heard you review it. I didn't even read it. <laughs> Um, I'm a big fan of Eli Easton. That is no secret. Um, I adored this book. It's it's sexy. It's sweet. It's very funny. Um, I really enjoyed Lucy and Jaden. Um, they're not your typical like cookie cutter, adorable romance novel kids. Although I love you know 
that particular type of mm-hmm. child character in uh, romance novels, I think Lucy and Jaden are real and they're very genuine and they're complicated. They're real people. Um, they can be sweet, but they can also be a little sour as well. Um, <laughs> they've got their own issues that they need to work through. And I thought the way um, kind of their character arcs were woven in with the romance story was really nice. Um, I also really enjoyed all of the secondary characters, the sort of sense and feeling of family of everyone at the camp. Uh, That came through really strongly in this story, and um, I just liked it. I liked it so much. So I highly recommend Family Camp by Eli Easton. That's very cool. I... As usual, you you read these books and review them, and then I want to read them too. <laughs> but that sounds really warm and fuzzy, and I like the whole athlete story. And oh yeah, that yeah. you know, athletes always one of my favorite tropes. And frankly, the meet cute, the meet cute by the road sounded darn cute as well. So for my book report this week, here's an admission for folks: I've never read anything in the Wyborn and Griffin series by Jordan L. Hawk. <gasps> I know. <laughs> This this series has been talked about a lot, like by contributors like Lisa and yep. by Jay, yeah. and all this buzz. We know Jordan really well. Mm-hmm. I have never read a book in this series until now. And why did I start? You might ask with book ten, which is called <laughs> Balefire. Well, here's the story behind that. Audiobook narrator Julian G. Simmons reached out and asked me to take a listen and provided me with an audible code. And I'm not one to turn down an audible code. And I'm so glad he made this offer because I loved falling into the world that Jordan's created. And big credit to them because it was so easy to jump on, even in book 10, without feeling like I'd missed too much. While I'm sure there were nuances along the way that I didn't catch, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Now, in Balefire, Wyborn has to make good on a promise to help his Endicott relatives take back their family estate from an evil cult. As one does. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> when you deal in the magical realm, weird stuff like this happens. Yes, it does. Uh, and in return for this help, Wyborn is going to get a codex that he needs to help him figure out how to stop the Masters. Now, here's, I think, one of these nuances that I've missed. I'm not totally sure who or what the Masters are, but they are clearly some kind of big bad that must be dealt with. Now, the journey to the estate is a pretty terrible one. And in fact, it's worse than they all expected as the evil is significant and actually knows Wyborn way too well. There's also not the insignificant fact that the people on this journey do not all get along, which really makes for some interesting and really good and sometimes kind of funny side conflicts. Now, I'd been hesitant to dive into Book 10 with, you know, so many things happening in the past. But like I mentioned, Jordan does a terrific job crafting this story. It's clear how much Wyborn and Griffin care for each other. There's these little gestures that they share, the wordless exchanges that go on between them, and the power of their love that really pulls them through some really crazy, intense confrontations. Their journey to the island the Endicott home is on and going through the house to figure out what happened was so vivid. I mean, Jordan really writes amazing details for the settings, for the characters, and it really felt like I was on this expedition. And the, even the just the tension-filled sailing to the island and then moving through the estate, I have to say that Julian's narration added the perfect atmosphere for all this with the voices of the people and the creatures. Everything kind of amped up the tension in the book. 
And I really dug the mystery. I've been into mystery lately, and there was certainly a lot going on here. And all the characters had to kind of piece together what had happened to the house and the people that lived there. And there were so many twists and turns, and it was so deliciously diabolical at the end. The action scenes, and especially the final showdown that took place in different areas of the estate, worked so, so well. And it was a delight to read as more and more piled onto the characters that make it that really made it seem to me that it was going to be impossible for anybody to really escape from what was happening. And again, it's, it's a credit to Jordan as a writer that a big action sequence can take place at the end of the book and it really still all feel like you understand where everybody is and how it's all playing out. It was, it was very cinematic in a way. Um, in the best possible way, I have to say that this book triggered the geeky Dungeons & Dragons player that still lives inside me somewhere. And I don't mean that to sound cheap in any way. Um, I love in-depth quests, and this story had that vibe as Wyborn and Griffin embarked across the sea and then go through hell once they get to their destination. Add into, the, into that the magic that they both possess and the incredible things that Wyborn had to deal with as he learned more about himself, it just made this story for me. And it really makes me excited to go back and read more of this series. Because I haven't been, I haven't had that part of me triggered in a long time in a book. And I really, really enjoyed it. Now, yeah, it's a long way to go back through nine books, but I have no doubt it's going to be worth it. Getting this glimpse of Wyborn and Griffin uh, proves that their universe is a place I need to visit. I fell hard for the characters and the things that they do. And I really want to go back and see how they form the bond that they have because it's so very strong in this book that I really want to know that backstory. So thank you, Julian Simmons, for the code and for getting me into a great story. And Jordan, wow, thanks for having such a terrific imagination. I know there's a book 11 coming soon in this series, but before I get to that, I am going to go backwards so that I can see how it all started. Now, if you're interested in learning more about the books or anything else that we've talked about on this week's show, all you have to do is go to the show notes page for episode 204 at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So this is the perfect week to have Jay from Joyfully Jay back on the show, because on September 1st, which was just yesterday, uh, Reading Challenge Month kicks off. And this is one of the big weeks on Joyfully Jay. You're going to hear all about the individual theme weeks, and you're going to hear about some amazing prizes that are up for grabs. So let's go talk to Jay right now. Welcome back, Jay, to the podcast. Hi, how are you doing, Jeff? I am good. Ready for fall. Me too. Me too. I feel like it's pumpkin spice season already, even though it's still like 90 degrees here in uh, the Washington area. Yeah, and we're over 100 here in Sacramento. So <laughs> let's go get that pumpkin spice just to make it feel like fall, you know, as we I taste know. things. Yes. <laughs> And of course, you're ready for fall on Joyfully Jay because it's reading challenge time. Yes, this year is actually our fifth annual reading challenge month, which kicks off on the start of September. So I'm really excited about it. Tell us what, what's in store for us this year. Sure. So reading challenge month is four week-long challenges that take place over the month of September. 
And each week there's a different reading challenge. So we have um, New to Me Author Week, Diverse Books Week. So that really falls under anything religious diversity, cultural diversity, gender identity, racial diversity, sort of anything that you can think of that might um, sort of push outside the box. We have um, Judge a Book by its Cover Week, which is pick a book because you love the cover. Um, and I'm like a, so easily sold on a book because of a good cover. So this is always a fun one. And then um, the fourth one is Older Younger Hero Week. So that is um, hero under 21 or hero over 40, which I'm cringing a little because I'm over 40 and it doesn't feel old. But for the purposes of finding a book, um, finding, you know, a 50 or 60 year old romance hero is not easy. So um, we went with 40. So we've got four reading challenges. And um, the way it works is that each week, um, my team at Joyfully J will be reading books that fit that challenge. And readers can get involved by um, earning contest entries um, by commenting on any of those challenges. So if you or any of those reviews. So if you leave a comment, you get a contest entry. And then the second part of that is we encourage readers to read along with their own books. So sometimes people will read what we're reading and sometimes they'll pick their own books that fit the challenge. And if you read along with your own book and you um, write a mini review, I'm talking like a few sentences or a paragraph on our wrap up post on Friday, then you get 10 entries. So if you do everything, you can get probably somewhere in the 16 to 18 entry a week range. And um, we have some amazing sponsors this year and amazing prizes. So um, Karina Press is sponsoring New to Me Author Week, and they have a great bundle of books. Nine Star Press is sponsoring um, Diverse Books Week, and they're giving out six $20 bookstore gift cards. JMS Books are sponsoring Older Younger Hero Week, and they're giving away um, five $20 gift cards. And Riptide is sponsoring Cover Week, and they're giving away some audiobooks. So um, each week has a great prize. And if you get any contest entries over the entire month, you're entered to our grand prize. And we have about 75 books donated for our grand prize. Wow. So right now, because that seemed excessive, even for a grand prize, um, right now we have it divided up into three prizes, um, three grand prizes that are going to be about 25 books each. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got, like I said, great prizes. Um, if folks want more details, um, I'll give you the links that you can put in your um, show notes, but we have a um, page up that explains the overview of the event. Um, I have a prize preview post where you can see exactly what's being given away, the different prizes, all the books, all the authors who were generously um, donated their books. And then I have a post on what we're reading. So if you're somebody who wants to follow along, you can see what we're reading. And I also have some tips for um, finding books that um, fit the challenges if you want to look. So I have links to, like, we have a tag that's for younger heroes. So you can click on that. You can see all the reviews we've done. So that might give you some ideas if you're thinking about joining, but you don't quite know what you want to read. That's amazing. And all those prizes, my goodness. I yeah, I really, I was really blown away. Every year I have to say I'm blown away by how um, generous authors and publishers have been. And um, it's a really fun week because 
you know, with all the comments, it generates just a lot um, more interaction on each of the posts because we have people um, joining in. And my favorite part really is reading the um, readers' reviews, the mini reviews that readers write, because I love to hear about what they think about the books, whether it's something they've chosen or if they've picked something that we're reading. And so that really is my favorite part is on Friday reading the mini reviews and seeing what everybody is um, is reading. So it's a lot of fun. And like I said, if you um, enter any of the weeks, you will be entered for the grand prize as well. So um, lots of chances to come home with goodies just from commenting and stopping by, even if you don't want to read your own book. And I like the categories that you have too, because it can really stretch people's reading. Yeah, you know, my goal is always to have challenges that sort of will push you a little bit out of your comfort zone, but not be impossible to find anything to read. Mm -hmm. So, and this year actually, um, we had about eight or nine suggestions that had come from my reviewers or from topics we've done in the past. And um, I had my Facebook um, reader group, the Joyful Jays, um, we put a poll in there and they're actually the ones who made the vote on which of the four um, suggestions went through. So that was sort of fun because they got to give some input about what um, they wanted to see. So, um, you know, really every year I have found books that I'm not sure I would have picked up or I knew nothing about. I mean, um, one of the ones that makes me laugh is that um, Rule Breaker by Lily Morton, which is that's one of your favorites, literally one of my favorite books and one of my favorite authors. Um, we did a self-published book week one year and I just randomly picked it off of a request because it was self-published. I knew nothing about her or the book and, you know, it turned out to be one of my favorites. So I've had that actually happen quite a few times and it's sort of fun to push yourself to try something that you may not have picked up. Um, but I do think the categories are still broad enough that there's lots of room to play and, you know, you can pick a genre or a theme that you like, or you can try something that you've never read. And so I think they're going to be fun challenges. I'm looking forward to the covers that surface in cover week. Cause there's, I feel like this year has really been an extraordinary year for covers. We always see really good covers, but there's been so many just really yes. good looking ones out there this year. I think, and especially for me, as we move more towards illustrated covers this year mm -hmm. that we have in years past. Yes. Some really good work being done there. Yeah, I'm seeing that trend for sure with um, the way the covers are going. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And it's interesting because, um, you know, I do a favorite covers post every month. And unlike our favorite books, which comes from the ratings of the reviewers, the favorite covers post is me. I mean, <laughs> I choose which ones I like. Um, so I, you know, I'm always interested to see what my reviewers come up with and what readers come up with because everyone's taste is, you know, different when it comes to art. So it's interesting to see what other people like and what they choose as their favorite covers and what draws them in to pick up a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's going to be my favorite week by default. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. my estimation anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be neat. So what have you been reading lately that has caught your eye that our, our listeners should be checking out? All right. Well, one that I um, really was excited about and talked about quite a bit, actually, I think on Facebook is um, Soul on Fire by Tal Bauer. And it is a suspense story. What's most interesting about this to me is that the origins of the book apparently were that the author posted in his Facebook group for a theme and the readers chose military. 
And he wrote the entire book from research to publication in a month. So that was, I guess, the goal of the challenge for himself. So, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect because a month is not a lot of time. And Bauer's work tends to be very, very research heavy, like clear time spent. Um, and I was just blown away. I mean, it's the story takes place in um, in the Congo in Africa. And the premise is that there is a um, sort of rebel terror cell that is has some sort of weapon and they don't know exactly what it is. And the main character, Elliot, is a Navy SEAL who's sent in to try to get involved and intervene. And he meets up with this doctor, um, Ikolo, who is a doctor in one of the refugee camps. And Ikolo gets involved because there is um, a strain of Ebola that's going around at the same time. And so the two of them are on the hunt for this um, rebel through the um, Congo forest and just incredibly um, exciting suspense and detail and just unbelievable sense of setting of this place that most um, Western readers are really not familiar with. And overlaid on that, um, a lot of really interesting um, sort of racial and diversity issues. Both of them are black men, one African, one in American, and how they're dealing with the prejudice that is sort of inherent in the often the Western view of Africa and its citizens. So um, really interesting story on a lot of levels. And absolutely, I was just blown away by it. Um, I also was really excited. The um, third, I guess it's officially the 2.5 of um, of L.J. Hayward's um, Death in the Devil series. Um, just came out. This one is called Dealing in Death and um, absolutely a huge fan of this series. It follows a um, assassin, Ethan Blade, and a sort of spy law enforcement guy, um, his partner Jack. And um, I think I've talked about this on the um, podcast before because the first two stories have a, a dual timeline where um, it's present and past sort of integrating at the same time. Um, and they're both told from Jack's point of view. So this story is actually told from Ethan's point of view for the first time, The Assassin. And um, it covers much of the same time period of the last book. So I was really impressed because sometimes when that happens, you sort of it sort of feels like a rehash. And in this case, I was really blown away by how exciting and thrilling the story was, even though I already knew what was going to happen, because you know, I knew the ending from reading the previous book, but getting that perspective from a different character was really interesting. So highly, highly recommend the series. And the book was great um, and just came out last week. Um, and then also last week, I reviewed um, Witchstone Amulet by Mason Thomas, which um, if you've read his Lord Mouse book was a really favorite of mine fantasy. And this is another fantasy. It sort of has a contemporary crossover in that the main character Hunter lives in our contemporary world. And he has this amulet from his mother who's died, who she said, protect it. And a thief comes and takes it. And when he's chasing the thief down, he ends up following him accidentally through this portal that takes him to a completely other realm, which is this fantasy world. So there's sort of a fish out of water vibe as Hunter is acclimating to this completely different world. And he walks in and they're in the middle of this civil war and political unrest. And the thief is a part of the rebellion who's trying to fight against the queen who has um, turned evil. And then the twist, which is um, laid out in the blurb, so it's not a surprise. But the twist is that the 
current queen um, looks exactly like Hunter's mother. So over the course of the book, you figure out what exactly is happening. And um, so it's sort of a suspense and uh, action story overlaid with a fantasy and um, really highly exciting and well done. So those are three things that I've been reading that I've really been enjoying lately. And that's quite a, a, a spread in there, too. Um, between <laughs> I have <a> taste, Jeff. <laughs> fantasy and the military. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I really don't read a lot of fantasy, and I'm not sure why, because every time I do, I realize I really like it, but it just doesn't tend to be what, you know, catches my eye. Um, but having read Lord Mouse and really loving it, when I saw that Mason Thomas had a new book out, I, you know, was quick to grab it, and I really liked it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Every time I kind of go into a a fantasy or steampunk or mm-hmm. something like that, it's always like, why don't I read more of this? I, in, in this episode, I'm actually reviewing uh, Balefire uh, from Jordan oh. L. Hawk. And that's the yeah. first Wyborn and Griffin that I've ever read. So I kind of oh, dove no. in there at the begin at the end, right? You're killing me. <laughs> and it's like, this is so good. So Why funny. haven't I read this before? Yes, so so good. So I need to go backwards now and get the whole story. But yes, you have to, yeah. You know, it's like I need to read more of that. I guess it's a time yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, no, that's a, that's an amazing series. But yeah, I think this is the last one. I think is the tenth or eleventh book, which is you know it takes some commitment to go back and reread them and read them all from the start. But it was really. Um, it was really a uh, worthwhile series. I also really liked recently also fantasy um, and Haga by uh, Lisa Henry, who doesn't typically write fantasy. Um, I think I read that back in maybe back in June or July. Um, who doesn't typically write fantasy. She tends to either do sort of, um, you know, contemporary humor or dark. And um, I thought that was also really good. So I'm trying to push my envelope a little bit because like I said, I, seem to not gravitate towards it, but once I read them, I really like it. So it's all about what reading challenge month is about. Yes, Expand those exactly. horizons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, Jay, thank you so much for telling us about reading challenge and about okay. some of these good books. And we're like six weeks away from GRL now. I know. It's coming up quickly. I can't wait. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you in Albuquerque and I'm sure we will probably get a little segment with you for the show while we're there too. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And I hope everyone stops by for reading challenge month. This week's transcript has been brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read Jay's comments for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at big gate fiction podcast.com. And thanks again to Jay for coming to not only talk about reading challenge month, but also some of the great books that she's been reading as summer winds to a close. If you're not playing along with Reading Challenge Month, I, I don't know what to say because <laughs> all those prizes, the weekly prizes, the big grand prizes, my goodness. Go go read some books, folks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun over there. Okay, everyone. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, just a quick reminder that Patreon is a way for fans to engage with all kinds of artists and writers and musicians and podcasters as well. It's a great way to support the kinds of creative content that you enjoy the most. Now, if you're curious about what kind of bonus material we deliver to our fans every single month, just go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Now, coming up in episode 205, Haley Turner joins us to talk about A Crown of Iron and Silver, which is book three in her Soulbound series. It was so great to talk to Haley. 
it's been one of Lisa's biggest recommendations to me to get into the Soulbound series. And it was great to finally dig in with Haley all about this series that has captivated so many people. Yeah, looking forward to that. So guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.